If you'll bring candy either Wednesday or Sunday and donate to that, that would be greatly appreciated. Um, if you have kids or young people, invite them out and bring them out for our Easter egg celebration. I am trying to be creative and work on ways where we're not bunched up together and we are safe and socially distant. So um, it, will be a safe, it will be a safe environment. So I invite you out for that. Um, remember that right after the service today, we are having a business meeting here in the sanctuary. And as soon as that's over, as soon as the business meeting's over, Whitey would like to have a uh, breakfast committee meeting right up here. Uh, I don't want to talk too much about food because everybody's stomach can get growling right before church gets started. That won't be good. But uh, look forward to that. And I don't think there were any more announcements. And Artie has an announcement. So uh, after Artie's announcement, I just invite you to turn your hearts to worship. So Sandra and then Artie. So you don't have to look at me right now. Yeah. Taking you a while to learn that. <laughs> I want to talk about our Annie Armstrong Easter offering. We have three big offerings that the Baptists support every year, and that is Annie Armstrong, Lottie Moon, and then our state offering. So Annie Armstrong, uh, she was a young lady when she first started, and she was the first lady to start the WMU, which we still have an organization of our ladies' groups and our church to this day. <clears throat> but um, the proceeds to Annie Armstrong supports North America, 100%. None of this money goes to support the CEOs or office supplies. Every penny of this supports the missionaries in North America. Um, the offering was started in 1895 to benefit the work of the Home Mission Board. And in 1934, it was named in honor of Annie Armstrong because she was the advocate for our home missionaries. And um, we have at least 5,000 missionaries in North America now. But as I told you last Sunday, we now have missionaries in other countries coming to America. So, but our, our money supports our own missionaries. And uh, we're, these missionaries are starting new churches or churches have all but died out. They're doing all they can to uh, rebuild those churches. And they are even meeting in yards, kind of like what we want to think of Bible school. So they are really working hard and they're giving of all of their time, and they're investing their own money. So the only support they get is from us. So our goal is $2,000, which is not much. But with your prayers and with your giving, it will be amazing how we can also help with contributing the spread of God's word here in the United States and Canada. Thank you. Good morning. I'm glad to see everybody here today. Do need to make an announcement about uh, Easter Sunday. Uh, last year, we did not get to do anything for Easter. We didn't have an Easter egg hunt. We didn't have a sunrise. Well, we did have a sunrise service, but it was me, Chad, Bruce, 
Jackie and, and, and our family that were here in the sanctuary by ourselves doing our sunrise service. This year, we are going to have our sunrise service Easter Sunday at 7.30 a.m. out here, as long as weather's good. But here's what we're going to do. Because of, of COVID, we are still going to limit what we do on that day. We're not going to have our regular breakfast like we do usually do. So what we're going to do is we're going to have our sunrise service at 7.30, but it's going to be a special sunrise service. It is going to be our full service outside at 7.30 a.m. that day. We're going to have communion. We're going to have the choir sing. We're going to have invitation. We're going to do all of that outside in view of the crosses Easter Sunday morning. So I encourage you to come. That will be our only worship service that day. And so it's not going to be the normal 30 to 45 minute sunrise service. We're going to be out there worshiping our risen Savior as long as it takes. So there's no cutoff time, but that's where we'll be. And if the Spirit moves and we're here till 12 o'clock, so be it. But that's where we're going to be this Sunday morning, or Easter Sunday morning. So please join us at 730. We'll have our FM transmitter if you want to come and sit in your car and listen. If you want to come, we'll have chairs set up out there. But we also encourage you to bring your own chairs. So we'll have it set up out there, but you're welcome to come and sit in your car or however you want to, to participate in the service. We will have communion. I've got the pre-filled communion cups already, so uh, we'll just hand those out. They haven't been touched by hands, and those that serve it will be wearing gloves just to protect everybody. So, uh, again, thank you for being here this morning. And now, as we start turn our hearts toward God, Please remember to pray for Frank Buff. Um, Nell is still doing, you know, the same that she's done the same the past couple of years. She is pushing 101 years old. So things are getting more difficult for her. But Frank's sister um, passed away and her funeral is tomorrow. So pray for him as he uh, says goodbye to his sister and continues to try to take care of Nell all at the same time. So just please join me in praying for him. And at this time, if you'd please turn your hearts to God as we open in prayer. Our blessed Heavenly Father, we ask you to, to move us today. That your spirit is already here with us, dear Lord. It indwells in each and every one of us that have accepted you as our Savior. Dear Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit moves among your people this morning. That it's already been a crazy morning, dear Lord, for me, from the time I left the house and, and forgot stuff at home and my daughter had to go back and get it to, to getting here and having meetings and printing things off to the TV screens in our sanctuary not wanting to work correctly. There has been things thrown at us left and right just to distract us for our purpose this morning. And dear Lord, our purpose is to come together to worship, worship our risen Savior. And dear Lord, that's what we're going to do. Dear Lord, we also have another purpose, that we are ordaining a brand new deacon today that has answered the call of this church to serve them 
And we praise you for that, dear Lord. And we ask you to bless this time that we are able to do that. And dear Lord, I thank you for everyone that is in this congregation this morning. I thank you for those that are watching online. And dear Lord, I pray for each and every one of them. Lord, I lift up the buffs to you this morning. Continue to strengthen Nell, dear Lord. Thank you for giving her such a long life. And I thank you for Frank and his love for his wife. And I ask you to strengthen his body as he continues to take care of his wife. Dear Lord, I, I pray that you give him a peace and a comfort and the loss of his sister that no one else can give. And dear Lord, I pray that you fill each and every one of us with your love so that we may reach those around us with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So that we will be disciples that make disciples. Not because of anything that we have done, dear Lord, but because of everything that you have done. And that you will receive all the honor and glory for it. And as we begin to worship you this morning, dear Lord, may it be sweet to you that we will hide ourselves behind the cross and point everything to you. And it's in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, we give you all the worship and praise. Amen. I'm going to ask you if you'll get your hymnals out. Um, we have no idea if the screen will stay up or not. And uh, it's kind of bad when uh, you're starting on a verse and you don't have the words and you kind of stumble through. <laughs> so just in case, let's get our hymnals out and turn to page 138 as we sing the first and the fourth verse at Calvary. Would you stand, please? <laughs> and pride carried up the Lord was crucified kids at home this morning or are the kids sitting here I want you to tune in and just sit down and focus for a minute and I want to share a story 
that I heard on the radio this week, and I'm not going to take credit for it. Uh, it, was a, it was a little story I heard from uh, Pastor Bruce Franks yesterday on uh, 106.9, and uh, he was talking about a father and son who went to the movies together. So this father and son went to the movies, and uh, they got to the movie theater, and the son asked the father, said, Dad, said, I would like a drink and some popcorn. Well, the dad was like, you know what, we'll go pay $40 for some drink and some popcorn. And he went and he bought the drink and popcorn at the movies. Well, when they sat down at their seat to eat, the dad reached over to get a nice big handful of popcorn out of his son's bag. And his son jerked the bag over to the side and said, what are you doing, dad? This is my popcorn. Get your own. And he got to thinking about it. And he said his son forgot where the power come from. His son got, forgot where that popcorn come from. He bought that popcorn for him, and he had the power to take that popcorn away from him. He, <laughs> he, had the, he said they even had the power to go out in the lobby and buy six bags of popcorn to eat in front of him while he didn't give his son any of them. And his son seemed to forget that. As kids, we'll forget that. And even as adults and youth and teenagers, we forget that. We can forget where the things that we have in this life come from. Just like the son forgot that, hey, dad bought me this popcorn. If dad wants some of it, he's entitled to it. We forget that all of our blessings, everything that we have comes from the Lord. And we want to be selfish with it, no matter what it is, whether it's our time, our money, whatever it is. And we think, oh, you know what? We're sacrificing this for, for God. The truth is, God gave us that, and he's letting us keep all this other, and we're just giving this little bit, little bit of a portion back to him. I want to share some scripture. Romans chapter 11, verses 36. And it says... For of him and through him and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Amen. We wouldn't have anything if it wasn't for God. And we wouldn't have anything that didn't come through God. And all things are his. So be willing, as a young child, as an adult, as a teenager, be willing to not sacrifice things you have to God. Be willing to give the things back to God, to be willing to give things back to God that He's already blessed you with. So, and, and also, kids, next time you're in the movie theater, remember, share your popcorn with your dad or he's going to take it all away from you. <laughs> Bow our heads and you guys enjoy the service. God, thank you for this day. Help us to remember that all things that we have on this earth or because of you. Thank you most of all, Lord, for the salvation you granted us through your Son, Jesus Christ. All else we ask in your name. Amen.
Thank you, choir. I tell you, isn't it great to have them back singing for us on Sunday mornings? Sandra told me um, earlier this week, or later this week, that uh, when they were practicing Wednesday night, their first choir practice, she was planning on having them practice a few weeks before they sang, but she told me the choir wasn't having that. That they, every single one of them said, no, we want to sing. So I guess it's sort of like a dog. You keep him caged up long enough, you let him out, he's going to run. And that's what our choir did. We kept them caged up too long, we let them out, and they wanted to sing. So that's a great thing, singing praises, because there is no more night. Well, today is a very special day. Today we get to ordain a brand new deacon to serve our church. And I want to uh, start off by looking at an Old Testament passage from Joshua in hopes to challenging Jim Kinder as he is being ordained today. So let's turn to Joshua chapter 24, verses 13 through 15. Only going to look at a few verses. But Joshua chapter 24, it's the very last book of Joshua. So if you find the book of Joshua, go to the end. And then we're going to be looking at 13 through 15. So if you'd please stand. If you don't have the Bible, it will be on screen. And it should be on screen for those of you that are watching online right now. But this is what Joshua writes. He says, And I gave you a land on which you had not labored. And cities which you had not built. And you lived in them. You are eating of vineyards and olive groves which you did not plant. Now therefore, fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt. And serve the Lord. And if it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose for yourself today whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served, which were beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Let's pray. Our blessed Heavenly Father, thank you again for this time that we have to come together to worship you and to ordain Jim Kinder as a deacon. May you receive all the honor and glory for it. And may we all be challenged through the power of the Holy Spirit this morning. And it's in the precious name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Now this is one thing I hope that everybody understands. Even though this is an ordination sermon and it is geared toward the one that is being ordained, we can all get something from this. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how old you are. From from an 8-year-old child to an 88 to 90-year-old woman. And everything in between. We can all be challenged by this sermon today because it comes directly from Scripture. I am excited about what I see happening at Crestview. We are coming off the most difficult year that we've ever had in any church. It has been difficult. And 
we are still here. Through the power of God, we are still here. And we are gearing up to move forward. Yes, things have changed. But we are renewing our emphasis on making disciples. We are renewing our emphasis on ministering outside of these walls. And I'm excited about that. I'm excited to see people coming back to Sunday school. I'm excited about people coming back to worship. I'm excited about those that are watching online and, and, and our, our ways that we're thinking about how to minister better to them. But I'm most excited about Jesus Christ and what He's doing in each and every one of our lives. And what He wants to continue to do. I'm also excited about listening to people talk. And one thing I want you guys to know is this. Is that if we are who we have been created to be. And if we allow the Spirit to work in us, and if we reach only one person, that one person will multiply. You remember the story of the Philippian jailer. That once he accepted Christ, he then took the apostles to his house where his entire family accepted Christ. Here is a man that was getting ready to fall on his sword and kill himself because he thought those that he had been put in charge of in that prison had escaped. But God showed up and rocked him to the core, literally through an earthquake. And as he was getting ready to fall on his sword and kill himself. The apostle said, don't do that. Don't hurt yourself. We're still here. And then he turned and fell on his knees and said, tell me what I need to do to have what you've got. One person multiplied into many. And if we are who we are called to be, If our deacons are who they need to be and who they are called to be, if our Sunday school teachers are who they should be and who they are called to be, if everyone sitting in the pews are who they should be and who they are called to be, then God will be glorified and great things will happen. Jim, as a deacon, there are five things that I want to challenge you with this morning. And not just Jim, but everybody. The first is that, Jim, you need to be an exemplary man. Church, you need to be exemplary people. Acts chapter 6, verse 3 
says this, Therefore, brethren, select among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Spirit and wisdom, whom we may put in charge of this task. See, there was a job to do. And they need to have people that they could count on to do that job. And that's why the first deacons were chosen. They were exemplary men. They were men of examples. They were good examples. What were they examples of? They were examples of Jesus Christ in their own lives. See, several years ago when I worked for the YMCA, I had the chance to meet Truett Cathy's son. Truett Cathy is the founder of Chick-fil-A. He came, his son came and spoke at a prayer breakfast for the YMCA and I got to meet him. And he told the story of how they instill new managers and operators for the Chick-fil-A restaurant. It is a waiting list to become a franchise owner for Chick-fil-A. You can't just go in and pay your money and they let you run a store. There is a long process they have to go through. And because Chick-fil-A was founded on Christian principles that has caused them some problems here and there, but they've stayed true to that, their corporate purpose statement is this, to glorify God by being faithful stewards of all that is entrusted to us and being a positive influence on all who come in contact with Chick-fil-A. a representative of Chick-fil-A addressed a brand new manager at a brand new store. And he said, Mr. Truett Cathy, who is the owner of Chick-fil-A, is a Christian. And he has established his corporation upon Christian principles. You will become a representative of Chick-fil-A and of Mr. Cathy. Remember, his reputation is in your hands. That's how seriously they take their job at Chick-fil-A. Church, I want to tell you something. As a deacon, as a member of Crestview Baptist Church, as a born-again Christian, the reputation of Jesus Christ is in your hands. You see, others are going to judge Jesus Christ by the way you behave. Your actions will reflect on Jesus Christ. And in many cases, you will have an incredible effect on how people feel about Jesus. The people you come in contact with every day will be looking at you. Those that you serve will be looking at you. Youth and children, your teachers are watching you. If you claim to be a, to be a born-again Christian and a servant of Jesus Christ, they're watching you. And how you behave and how you act, how you talk, is going to reflect back on your Savior. That's the problem we have in our society today. 
A lot of people think Jesus Christ is a joke. And that Christians are jokes because of how we behave. We are being the wrong type of example. When I worked at the Y and I, I trained staff, I would tell them always, I said, you're going to be an influence in somebody's life. These children that you work with, these children that you take care of, you're going to influence their life. You are going to be the subject of dinner table conversations. What kind of influence do you want to be? You're either going to be a good influence or a bad influence. That is up to you. What they talk about you at their dinner table with their family is up to you. It can be a good conversation or it can be a bad conversation. Church, I'm telling you this, and Jim and the rest of the deacons, you're going to have an impact on this church. You're going to have the impact on everybody that you come in contact with. What kind of example do you want to be? What kind of impact do you want to have in their lives? I challenge you to be a good example of Jesus Christ. The second thing is, I want you to be an encouraging man. I challenge you to be an encouraging man. See, Acts chapter 6, verse 1 says, Now at this time there were disciples were increasing in number. A complaint arose on the part of the Hellenistic Jews against the native Hebrews because their widows were being overlooked in their daily serving of food. You see, the first deacons were chosen because the Grecian widows in the church were being overlooked in favor of the Hebrew women, or the widows. And so, they were selected to, to take care of the needs of the entire church. Not just one section of the church, but all of it. See, when people's needs are not being met, they start to lose enthusiasm. They start to lose strength. They start to lose faith. And as a deacon, your job is to give that encouragement to meet those needs. You know, I like watching the Olympics. And I remember seeing this unfold on my TV screen. There was a 28-year-old British runner by the name of Derek Redman. He was in the semifinals of the 400-meter run in the 1992 Summer Olympics. That was the year before I got married. And many of you know this. Toward the end of the race, as he was running toward the end, getting close to the finish line, he pulled up and grabbed his leg and started limping and he fell. And then all of a sudden you see a man in a t-shirt come climbing out of the stands.
And the security people came and tried to stop him. And he said, no, that is my son. And Jim Redman went and to, to his son and he helped him to his feet. And he helped him finish that race. You see, Derek didn't win the race that day. But me and millions of other people remember that moment when his father came to his son and he helped him finish the race knowing that he wasn't going to win, but he still wanted to finish. I can't tell you who won the race that day. I have no idea who won it. But I still remember that moment. And everybody in those stands rose to their feet and gave this young man that hobbled across the line with the help of his father a standing ovation. When you encourage others, when you build them up, you give them the strength to finish what God has called them to do. Be an encourager. Encourage the staff. Encourage the members. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 say, says this, and let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing nearer. The closer we get to Jesus' return, the more we need to encourage each other. We need to stimulate each other to grow, to, to deepen our relationship with Christ. To help each other meet the needs of everybody that we come in contact with. And you know this? Encouragement is infectious. Do you notice that? Somebody comes in and they're all, all excited and, and encouraging other people. What happens to that group? They sort of light up, don't they? They get excited. They start encouraging each other. And then all of a sudden other people want to be part of that group. Same thing is true of the church. So I challenge you to be an encouraging deacon. And then I challenge you to be an engaged man. Verse 7 of Acts chapter 6 says this, The Word of God kept on spreading, and the number of the disciples continued to increase greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were becoming obedient to the faith. You will need to be engaged in ministry. And this goes for anybody sitting here. You have to be involved. You have to be engaged. You have to be active. You can't just come and sit and expect things to happen. If I sit in my, on my couch and watch TV all day long, is there anything going to get done at the house? Not a thing. 
Timothy is working on a merit badge for, for Boy Scouts. He said, Dad, I have, to, uh, I have to, to find an item and I have to compare prices at three different places. Then i got to do something to earn money to buy it. And I said, okay. He said, well, what can I do? I said, if you clean the shed, you take everything out of the shed, you sweep it, you put everything back where it goes neatly, then I will, I will pay you to do that. He said, I'm not going to pay you to take care of the animals or anything like that. That's just a responsibility of living at home. But if you want to do this, I will pay you to do this. So you know what? He became really encouraged and he got engaged in that activity. And within two or three hours, he had it done. And for the first time in his young teenage life, I didn't have to go behind him and say, no, you got to do this, you got to do this. He had it done. He had it done right. He was engaged in what he was doing. He got things that I didn't even know were there. He, 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 he found things, put them where they went, and he was engaged, and it got accomplished. That is the same way we are. If we get engaged in things, things get accomplished. God has got something that He wants to do in this church. He has got something that He wants to do in our lives, but it won't happen unless we are engaged in ministry. The problem is that sometimes we miss opportunities. We don't see them for what they are. Sometimes we see them as problems, things that we've got to, fires that we have to put out instead of opportunities for service. You are going to be given opportunities to engage in ministry. Get involved in them. Jim, you have been selected as a servant, deacons, staff, leaders, you have been selected as a servant, not a celebrity. Your purpose is not to get everybody to look at you. Your purpose is to engage in ministry and get point everybody to Jesus Christ. Everyone. And then, Jim, I want you to be an enthusiastic man. Romans 15, 13 says this, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, sometimes we see people, we come in church and we see somebody sitting there, okay, bless me. And that's the attitude. They have. They want you to do it for them. But you know something? The joy that we have through Jesus Christ coming into our lives and changing us from the inside out. The hope of eternal life that we have in Jesus Christ. The, the knowledge that we are never alone. That we do not have to go through this life by ourselves. 
that Jesus is always with us and we are able to do more than we ever expected through the power of the Holy Spirit. That is something that is infectious. That is something that should be encouraging. And that is something that should make us enthusiastic. I don't know how Chad does at at the schools. But I know how he does here. And he can get those kids riled up now. I tell people all the time, Chad is the poster child for ADD medication. <laughs> he, is, he, is, he can't sit still. Have you ever been in a meeting with Chad? He is doodling and playing and doing all kinds of stuff during that meeting. And I'm like, Chad, be still. But you know what? The kids respond to him. They get excited. I told you that our first Wednesday night back, he had kids that I have not seen in over a year there. But they wanted to be there. And he got them there. Church, that's what we all need to be. We don't need to look like we've been sucking on a sour dill pickle. We need to get excited. And we need to be enthusiastic about what Jesus is doing in our lives and what he has done. I think back to the moment I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. And I think about where I was and how I felt. And I remember the moment I said, Jesus, please forgive me of my sins. And come into my life and save me. At that very moment, it felt like all the weight of the world was taken off my shoulders. And I just wanted to jump. You guys remember that? You remember feeling that way? You remember the first time that that your wife or your husband or your boyfriend or girlfriend, the first time they looked at you and say, I love you. You remember that feeling that you get. Not that warm, mushy feeling, but that just that feeling of... (sighs) Jesus Christ looks at us and says, I love you. And He proved that He loved us by dying for us before we even were lovable. And guess what? He doesn't stay dead. In fact, in two weeks, we get to celebrate our risen Lord because He is alive and well. And He is waiting to come back and get us and take us from all this turmoil and strife so we can spend eternity with Him. And if that's not something to get excited about, your exciter is broken. In fact, let me tell you this. (laughs) There was an old guy, I don't know his name, he was getting ordained as a deacon in in Mississippi. And they called on this old-fashioned preacher in Red Rock, Mississippi, Sharon, do you know where Red Rock, Mississippi is? Me neither. But they called on him to preach or to, to, to pray the ordination prayer. And this is what he prayed. 
And I'm going to read this. He says, O Lord, give thy servant the eyes of an eagle and the wisdom of an owl. Connect his soul with the gospel telephone in the central skies. Illuminate his brow with the sun of heaven. Possess his mind with the love of his people. Turpentine his imagination. Grease his lips with possum oil. Loosen his tongue with the sledgehammer of thy power. Electrify his brain with the lightning of the word. Put perpetual motion on his arms. Fill him plumb full of the dynamite of thy glory. Anoint him over with the kerosene oil of thy salvation and set him on fire with the unction of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, I don't know if any of those words you would find in the Bible, but that was a very enthusiastic prayer. The kind of enthusiasm that you need in the deacon family. We don't want your service to be burdensome. We want it to be a joy to serve. And then lastly, I want you to be an enduring man. Romans 11.29 says, For the gift and the calling of God are irrevocable. You may be serving a term, all deacons, and all those that are serving on committees and in ministries, you may serve for a specific time. But once you are chosen as a servant leader, once you are called as a servant leader, that is a calling for a lifetime. My dad cannot be a pastor anymore. And he says that's the worst thing about where he is in this life is that he can't, he, he says my spirit and my heart want to do it so bad but I physically can't. You don't outgrow it. You will, when you become ordained as a deacon, you are not just a deacon for three years, you are always a deacon. Forevermore. It does not end. It is a lifetime It is a lifetime commitment. And you will endure many things. You can't just throw up your hands and say, I quit. Trust me, I tried. Many times I would go to Stan Webb's office and I would sit down and say, I quit. I've had it. I'm done. And he would just look at me. The first time I did it, it scared him to death. But I said, I just wanted to voice my frustration. Now I'm going back to work. There will be times of frustration. There will be times where you feel like you can't do it. But you know what? Paul says, I can do all things through who? Christ, who is my strength. I will never leave you nor forsake you. After this, you shall receive power 
when the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses. The strength is not our own. The ability to endure is not our own. It is through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, Jim, I'm going to ask you and Janie if you would come down to the front. Jim, let me challenge you and encourage you to serve as an exemplary man, an encouraging man, an engaged man, as an enthusiastic man, and as an enduring man. One who will continue to press on in his service to God. Do you, Jim, accept this call to serve Crestview Baptist Church as a deacon? In Crestview Baptist Church, do you, the members of Crestview Baptist Church, promise to support Jim and his family and his servant ministry by praying for him and his family and encouraging him throughout his service as a deacon? If you do, say, I, we do. Now, Jim and Janie, if you would turn and have a seat, we are going to change up things a little bit. I would like for all the ordained people here in attendance today, if you have been ordained as a deacon or as a staff member or as a minister, if you would come forward, we are not going to individually pray, but I'm going to ask you to encircle around, placing your hands on others' shoulders. Um, the two closest to me, put your hands on my shoulder and pray as I pray.
our blessed Lord and Savior. I thank you for bringing Jim and Janie to our church, dear Lord. Thank you for their faithfulness and their encouragement. And dear Lord, as Jim begins his service to our church as a deacon, I ask you to fill him with your power, dear Lord. Put a hedge of protection around him and his family. Because as he begins to minister and serve our church, dear Lord, Satan's not going to like it. But dear Lord, I ask you to use Jim in a mighty way. That he impacts the families that he will be ministering to. That he will draw people closer to you. And he will be an example of you here on this earth, dear Lord. And as we all join together in prayer, dear Lord, we ask you to anoint him. Anoint Janie. That people will see you in them. And thank you for calling him to be a deacon here at our church. And we ask all of this in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Amen. Uh, Jim, I have got your ordination certificate here. Thank you. And thank you, Jim. Thank you, Janie. You guys may be seated. Jim Kinder, our newly ordained deacon. You can have a, you can have a seat. You can have a seat over here. All right. Okay. Or either, anywhere. You can go back to your seat if okay. you want to. Now, church, as they are going back to their seats, I made a promise to God a long time ago that we would never have a service, that there was not an opportunity given for someone to come and pray to accept Jesus Christ as their Savior or to do business with God. If God is dealing with you right now, don't leave this place without knowing for sure that you know where you're going. Don't leave this place without knowing that Jesus has signed, sealed, and delivered you And most of all, don't leave this place if God is telling you that you need to do something. Whatever it is, if He's telling you to, to come join the church and become part of this fellowship, great. But that's not going to get you to heaven. The most important thing is your relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Are you ready to get that taken care of today? I invite you to do that right now as Sandra leads us in one verse of this invitational hymn. Would you stand and turn your hymnals to page 283 as we sing, Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. 283.
being here. I'm going to ask Jim Humphrey, our, uh, one of our newer deacons, he's the deacon of the week, if he would come and dismiss us from our service, and then we're going to turn it over to Doug to open up our business meeting. Thank you, our dear Heavenly Father, for bringing us together in your house and for filling us with a spirit of worship on this good day. We thank you for Brother Jim's commitment to be a, a deacon and to serve you and to give his life to serve others. Lord, it's, it's, a, it's a privilege and an honor. Your word tells us that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. Lord, help us to embrace it. Help us to be exemplary. Help us to, to be engaged and enthusiastic. Be encouragers. And help us to endure all the things that the evil one will throw at us. We thank you for all this. And as we depart and as we go out into the world, help us to show others, Lord, who, who, who we belong to. Help us to be Jesus to those people that we see. For it's in his holy name we pray. Amen. <clears throat>